Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. guys awake this morning? I am. I've been up since 5 a.m. and I've had plenty of coffee, so get ready to listen because I'm going to talk fast. This is the way it's going to go. I figure you all are kind of used to that. I hear the, com- the comments all the time and we've got these, our, our serve teams and our leadership teams there. Like They sent a picture last week. They said, man, I mixed my coffee with Red Bull and now I see noises. <laughs> it's like, they said, he's talking so fast today. So my apologies, but it's just the way I'm going to roll. So Welcome to Simple Church. First, can I say welcome to our guests, for those of you that are guests today. Can we make them feel uh, welcome here? Give them a round of applause and thank them for being here today. We're certainly glad that you guys have chosen to be here at Simple Church, especially on Memorial Day weekend. You guys can be traveling and out, and, uh, and you're here with us, and we appreciate you. The, uh, the morning crowd, the early service is a little, is a little more uh, populated this morning. That means you guys want to get to your barbecues and wherever you're going today. So. Thanks for being with us and making time to do this today. I want to I take just a quick moment. I know Tim did all the announcements. There's one thing that I want to share with you. So this past Sunday, we had all of our deposits for our missions trip because we were going to go to El Salvador in September. And uh, we, were, yeah, it's, no, it's incredible. We're going, the, the trip is going to be a compassion trip. And what that means is we're really going to go down. There's missionaries that are already there, and we are going to serve with them. We're going to do whatever they need to do. But our goal is to go and provide uh, Groceries, a week, a week's worth of groceries for one, uh, for um, three hundred homes, and uh, that that costs about ten dollars a house to do that down there. And so we're looking to not only go, but we want to take three grand or more with us. So. Uh, I want to encourage you that over the next few weeks, we go in September, so if you would begin praying about how you could get involved, because if you can't go, maybe you could give some money, maybe you could give some funds to go. Uh, Also, we have mission trippers. Who are mission trippers in here? If you guys would stand to your feet so we can see you. So back here, we got Derek, we got Ryan, we got Melinda, we got Shanda, we got Joshua, and, uh, and Josh's uh, kids, two of his kids are going to, you can have a seat, thanks. We just wanted to identify who you were, because if you feel led to support them, you could help fund their trip, or you could just give in general, and uh, we will disseminate the funds as needed to the mission trippers, uh, but, uh, but I just want you to begin praying about how you can do that, and again, that's something above your, what you would normally give, this is, this is part of that sacrificial living, or, or giving, right, and, uh, and to support this incredible mission, because we know we're going to go down there, and we're going to, when we give these groceries, we're not just going to give them food, we're going to go, and we're going to pray with them, and we're going to offer them Jesus, Amen. So I can't think of anything better to do because we're going to households and we're going to give people who don't have food, food and opportunities to pray with them. Who knows how many people will be in, that, in those households times 300. Let's just assume a safe number of four. Everybody gives their hearts to Jesus. Four times 300. Let's do some math. It's 1,200 people to say yes to Jesus. Could we believe God for something incredible like that? I know that's what I'm praying for and I'm believing for it. I pray you'll join me in that. So... You can, when you give, just make sure you mark your envelope. Uh, you don't have to do two separate envelopes. You can give of your tithes and offering. But if there's any part of it that is to go to missions, please write missions on the envelope and how much money in the envelope is to go to that, okay? Everybody savvy? We got it? I like saying savvy, like I'm 
Johnny Depp and I'm on the Pirates movie. Chevy. All right, today we are starting a brand. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny in my head and it just comes out and it's not, but I appreciate you guys laughing anyway. Uh, uh, today we are starting a brand new series called The Blessed Life, and uh, this, is, this is a series, we're going to talk about finances, and, and it's, it's three weeks long, and so we're going to start today, and, uh, and we do this once a year, and uh, I would say this particular series is one of those series that brings about some of the greatest spiritual growth that, that we've ever seen in our church, and, and the reason for this is because uh, money has a way of claiming our hearts in the way that God wants to claim our hearts, right? It, it has a way of replacing him. And, and, and when we talk about finances, I think this is a battle that every single one of us face, including myself. And even though I have things in my life to guard my heart, I still have to fight because money tempts me all the time. And so we're going to talk about that. And uh, as we take a look at the Bible and what Jesus had to say, I think many of you are going to grow to another level spiritually. I promise you, if, you, if you'll be willing to, uh, when I say get on board with some of these things or allow God to work in your heart, uh, I believe that, that you'll grow spiritually in, in ways that you couldn't even imagine. So, uh, so, so go with me here. Now, my position on this whole thing uh, is, is really, when people talk about, about finances and when you read it in the Bible, I really hear the heart of God. I hear the heart of a father. Because he knows the danger that money presents to his children, he talks about it in that way, in the same way that you would want to protect your kids from something dangerous, right? And so my tone and my heart, I want you to know my heart this entire time is fatherly, because I'm going to share what God has written, or pastorly. It's, it's, I want to help you. I want to go help you guard your hearts. I want to make you aware of some of the trials, some of the temptations, some of the issues that money presents in your life. And so I hope that you'll, you'll hear that from me, because I want you to enjoy God and everything that he has for you. And truth be told, he wants you to enjoy him as much just as much, okay? And so we talk about finances, and, and again, we only do this like once a year. We don't talk about money very often around here. Uh, in fact, if we do, it's because we're raising funds for our mission or for some missionaries, and when we do that, we give it all away, right? Or, or we're getting an air conditioner, one or the other. So <laughs> that's kind of a one-time thing for now anyway. But, uh, but, but we don't talk about finances very often, but I, I think it's important that we do. I, I think it's important that we do. And so from this position, I hope that you'll hear the, the next three messages with the heart that I intend them is, is from a father to a child and not necessarily calling you children, but I'm saying I believe that's the way God has written these messages is to us as children and, and God's expressed them in the word. And being very, very honest here, it's really difficult for me to talk about a subject like this. Uh, given my background, I, I went to churches where when they took the offering, they did a 30-minute message before they took the offering. Right? We're talking services that were two and a half hours long. How many of you guys are thankful for an hour and 15-minute service today? Amen. Amen. Everybody said that. Get on board. <clears throat> but it's certainly easier for me to talk about your marriages and to talk about your children, which are both very, very sensitive things. It's easier for me to talk about those things than it is for me to talk about your money. Because your money, the, the, all of you right now in this room, you, you don't even want to make eye contact with me. You have found a spot on the wall and you are staring at it because that's what money does to us, right? We start talking about it and you're like, oh, here it goes. Somebody put their hand on their wallet, purses held a little tighter. We talk about money. That's, that's what happens to us because money has a grip on our heart. That's why it's important that we talk about this. It, 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 it's, it's so important. And, and I would say this, that, that it is really difficult for me to, to, to talk about this in such a way that I have spent time in prayer about this that I have really agonized about, about this. And I said, Lord, this is hard for me to do because I know so many pastors who have abused the, the, the teaching on finances from the Bible. 
They've abused their, the, the, the conversation. They've abused their people in using it to, for financial gain, personal financial gain. Anyway, I don't want to get, go there. You know, just people asking for $60 million jets. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. There, there's people who have abused the financial principles that God has in his word. And, and so it's hard for me as a pastor to talk about this, and I've wrestled with it. And God asked me, he said, well, do you believe what you're going to teach? And I said, well, let me think about that. And, and the answer, I had to answer and say, well, yeah, I guess I do, because we know that, that what we believe, if you believe something, it's reflected in what you do. It's not just this thing that resonates in your heart, and you say, yeah, that's a good idea. If it affects what you do, then you know that you believe it. And so I started taking inventory and looking across my life, and I'm like, I really believe in these things. I believe in them wholeheartedly. And so I, with that, I have confidence in sharing what we're going to share over the next few weeks, okay? And so uh, the reason I say all this and why, why I consider it and pray so much about it is because of the abuse that is out there. So if you are somebody who has gone to a church or maybe you've been abused by a church or by a pastor who has abused this privilege in their pulpit regarding finances in your life, first let me say this. I'm sorry. On behalf of God, on behalf of Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you, you endured that. And I hope that you will find a way to forgive whoever it is that, that did that to you. Second thing I want to say is that I don't believe that God wants everybody rich. I just don't believe it. There's this whole prosperity gospel that is out there that if, if you give, then God's going to give you a hundredfold. And, and that's not really how it works. There's some that get 30, some that get 60, some that get 100, and some of them just receive joy. Some of them just receive peace. Some of them receive much more than finances could ever provide. And so I, I want to tell you that as we talk through this, I don't believe that, that you're supposed to give in order to get or that you're going to give so that God will make you rich. I just don't, I, I don't buy into that. Because truthfully, how many of us would be, we're in a mess with a little bit of money, right? And give us a lot of money and we'd be in a big mess. You know what I'm saying? Some of you think, you know, if I just had some more money, then I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in. And that's not really true. Talk to people who have won the lottery. Three years after they've won the lottery, their life is a wreck. Winning the lottery was the worst thing ever for them because if they were, they were poor stewards of their money before, <laughs> they are going to be even worse when they have more money. And so I, I don't believe that that's, that's the solution to things. I also want to say this, and I'm saying all this before we even get into God's word. If you ever feel pressured or guilted or shamed into giving, don't give. If you feel like that's my attempt today, don't give. In fact, most of the time, we're one of those crazy churches. When you come here as a guest and we say, you're under no obligation to give. And there is never an obligation to give when you come to Simple Church. We pray and we trust that God will move on your hearts to give what we need. And, and bless God, every single one of our needs have been provided financially. Amen? And we are a church that can say that. We have no debt. We are in this place. And every month, our bills get paid. And I am, I am super, super thankful for that. We get to rely on God. We're also one of those churches that, that we'll talk about tithing here. Uh, I'm not sure it's next week or the week after it, and we'll talk about giving. But we're also one of those churches, these crazy churches, that does this money-back guarantee. We believe so much in tithing that if you decide to take a step of faith and begin tithing, that's giving 10% of your income, that if God doesn't bless you within 90 days, you come and tell me and I'll give you all of it back. Just make sure you don't throw cash in the bucket. Make sure you label it. You know what I'm saying? Because you come to me and tell me you gave me $1,000 and we don't have any record of that. You're not getting your $1,000 back. You know what I'm saying? I threw cash in there, Pastor Aaron. Yeah, you better put it in an envelope with your name on it. We'll record that. But, but, but <laughs> it's a true story. 
But one of the, we really believe in what we're talking about here. We, we want you to explore all that God has for you uh, in, a, in a very risk-free way, okay? And so we're one of those. Now, uh, financially, what you need to know about us, we support over 16 different missions around the world. Did you guys know that? I know Tim's been, Tim asked me for the information, and we, we only recently became aware of it. Like, it became in our forefront of our thoughts that you guys probably don't know that. And so we're, we're going to have a world map out here on the wall, and we're going to label where all of our missionaries are so that you can get to know them and you can begin praying for them. But they're all over the globe, from, 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 from uh, all the way to Thailand, where we have missionaries that are working to teach the, 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 uh, the Thai people to adopt because they believe that that's a powerful message from Jesus because they just don't do that in their culture. And the, orphans are, uh, the orphanages are overrunning with kids. We have missionaries that are doing that. And then all the way from Thailand to as close to home here in Reynoldsburg. Even our coffee is purchased responsibly through an organization that is giving the money that we buy the coffee directly to the farmer, farmers in, in uh, Honduras, right? So uh, as a church, we are giving and, and sowing responsibly uh, back into the community, back into the world. And so that's where all of our finances go. And so we, we want you to know that. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to relax because, again, I feel like there still might be some tension in the room. You're really worried. You're like, hey, you're saying really nice things, but then you're going to flip the switch here in a moment. And, uh, and then you're going to beg me for money. And I promise you we're going to do this whole series. I'm going to talk, and I will not ask for any additional funds uh, except I already did with the missions trip. But anyway, I won't ask for any additional funds <laughs> except the offering at the end of the service. So, uh, but I, I believe that God wants us to live a blessed life. Amen? And, and in order to do that, I believe that we need to get our arms around finances, what it means in our lives, and what it's doing to us. And so uh, we're, we're going to begin. We're going to jump into this series. So first I want to open with prayer because I need God's help today. Lord, uh, I just ask you to, uh, to help me, to help me speak your truth in love today. I pray for our hearts, Lord, that we would hear your word, that we could apply it, that we would realize that all we're doing is waving a flag and saying, hey, this is an incredible gift that you have given us and we need to be responsible with it. We need to handle it carefully. And Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom, open our ears to hear you today, and change our lives, God. Give us that opportunity. And Lord, as always, bless the Buckeyes and the people who have to decide whether it's which, which quarterback it's going to be. That is a tough decision. In Jesus' name, amen. The Buckeyes. So today I'm going to talk about money, and uh, don't get too excited. Some of you just sat straight up in your seat. Uh, it's just a bunch of ones. It's twenty to be exact. Uh, but we're going to talk about money today, and we're going to talk about money without talking about money, um, because really, when God talks about money, He's not really talking about this. The verses that you see are all about your heart. They're all about your heart. And so uh, we're, we're going to talk about money. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about heaven, more than he talked about hell, or any other subject in the whole Bible. It is the number one thing that, that they talked about. Why? Because for many people, money has the temptation to become their God. You may have heard that, that money is the root of all evil. Has anybody ever heard that before? How many of you guys say that and would say, yes, Aaron, that is true, Right? Okay, look, I'm going to tell you something. That is actually not correct. It is not money, this thing, that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money. And where does love stem from? It's your heart. So let's look at what the, the Bible says. It's, uh, it's actually in 1 Timothy 6.10. By the way, if you need a Bible, just shoot your hand in the air. We'd love to bless you with one. You can take it home. But 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people 
eager for money, have wandered from the faith. In other words, they were here. They were churchgoers. They were people who were following Christ. Have wandered from the faith. They left behind and pierced themselves with many griefs. Why? For money. Seems like an important subject to talk about, right? Many have wandered. I don't know how many that would be represented in this room, but many have wandered from the faith because of money. In other words, greed, covetousness, selfishness, these all spring from the root of evil, and that is the love of money. Money can be used for good things, right? Or it can be used for bad things. Like think about how many people you can, you can feed or that you can shelter, you can provide clothing for, right? You can give medicine, you can give education to them with money. But there's also things that money does that, that, that it funds. War, weapons, drugs, the, the, the sex slave trade. Like it funds all of these things and it runs it and it's all driven by, by money, Money can be used for temporal purposes or eternal purposes. They say that money is what moves the world, but really it's not. Money moves our hearts, and we move the world. And so this, this money, this is not what's evil, because this is just a piece of paper. It's 20 pieces of paper that really mean nothing should our government collapse, right? There's, there's like literally no evil found in this money. It's what our hearts do because of that money. So is money evil? No way. Money comes with a bless or it comes with a curse in our lives. Think about that. You can bless people or you can curse people with your money. And money is a great servant. Like if you take your money and you save your money or you invest your money or you pay off your debts, money becomes a servant for you. You make it work for you. That's why budgeting is so important. That's why we handle our money wisely, or at least we hope we do, right? Money can be an incredible servant. It can take you places. It can gain you influence. It can give you lots of things if you make it serve you but money is a horrible master. Money that owns you, like when you get into debt. How many of you guys, well, you don't have to answer this. Student loans or, or car debts or even, even your, your mortgage, which everybody has a mortgage if you've got a house. And so it's a very common debt, but we live underneath of that. It is our master. How do you know if it's your master? Well, if you quit working today and didn't pay your mortgage, what happens? It is your master. You have to go to work. You think, all right, I got to go to work. I got to make some money because I got to pay that mortgage, right? So money is a great servant but a horrible master. I would say that if you're a generous person and you steward your finances that are, that are uh, entrusted to you well, then money is that great servant. So uh, it, it's, just, it's really important to know the difference and to, and to get your arms around that. But why is money such a big deal in our lives today? I would say that I want to show you directly how money is tied to our spiritual lives. It's in Luke 16, 13. It says, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, you'll notice that word serve in there. When the Bible talks about serving God, it says to serve God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, right? But serving God starts in the heart. And so it says you cannot serve God and mammon. So you have to choose. There's, according to this verse, we will serve one or the other. And this, this word mammon shows up four times in scriptures. It's in Matthew and three times in Luke 16. And you're sitting there, you're going, Aaron, what is a mammon? Like, what is a mammon? And I'm looking at you going, I don't know, what's a mammon with you? <laughs> That was so funny this morning. I was just laughing and laughing. 
Mammon's an Aramaic. We're going to have to sweeten that one, John. We need to put like a laugh track on it or something for the podcast. (laughs) A little bass riff. Yeah, yeah, huge laugh. It'd be great. So what's mammon? Mammon essentially is, uh, it's an Aramaic word, and uh, it's, it's from Old Testament days, and it goes all the way back to Babylon. And, and it, the reference here is, is the people of Babylon, uh, when they were building the Tower of Babel, they had wealth, they had people, they had communication, they had everything that they needed, and in their hearts they said, we don't need God. And that's what mammon is. Mammon is wealth, it's riches. It puts you in a position of saying, we don't need God. And that's the danger. God's like, you can't serve me and mammon. You can't serve wealth and riches because it will own you in a way that I want to own you, in the way that I want to have you. And so that's, that's what the whole mammon is. It means also sown in confusion. Uh, sorry, that's what happened in Babel was, was the uh, uh, sown in confusion. You guys know the story, right, where they were building up and God was just like, nope, <laughs> I'm going to make you all start talking different languages and everybody went different directions. And that was his response to that. But mammon is, is this prideful, arrogant spirit that says, you don't need God. Mammon is what, pulls, uh, is what the money pulls out of our hearts. And so I've seen people come upon large sums of money and, uh, and be incredibly generous with it. Uh, because that's what was in their hearts, right? Generosity was there in their hearts already. And so they get money and they, and, they, and they share it. But many times, money pulls greed, pride, jealousy, and selfishness out of our hearts. And so mammon is just that. It's the spirit behind it. It's the battle for that spot that God wants in our lives. And here's how you can tell if you wrestle with the spirit of mammon or this love of money. Uh, some of you right now, this is an instant, uh, instant notification for you. Uh, some of you have been breathing really heavy since you saw this money come out. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, what's he going to do with the money? You can't focus on anything. If I keep it in my hands, you wouldn't hear a word I said. It would just be, what is happening with that money? And where is he going after service? Is he going to walk out directly and leave that money there? Is there any way I could get to it? Look, i got a camera right there looking directly at this. So just let me relieve you of that pressure. But let me ask you, do you have fear or anxiety over money? Because, see, money promises everything, but it delivers nothing. It promises what God can give. It promises security. You feel secure when you've got a lot of money, right? It promises uh, significance, that you'll be important. It promises you independence, that you, you don't have to, I don't have to live at mom and dad's house. I don't have to live underneath your rules. I'm independent of you if I have money. I can do whatever I want. We see the wealthy playboys of the world, you know, they, they run around and they break the laws and they do whatever they want to because they've got lawyers in their pocket, they've got money in their pocket, they have independence even from the law because they have money. We feel powerful that way. There's freedom. You say, well, if I've got money, I'm free to do whatever I want to. I'm free to go where I want to. I'm free to say what I want to. I'm, I'm free because I have, I have money. And you feel like when you have money that you have all of life's answers. And you start thinking that all of your problems can be solved by having more money. And then money slowly begins to creep into your heart and become your God. That's that's just what happens. And the spirit of mammon presents itself in our lives through greed, selfishness, lying, deception. It's a deception that, that money can cause in us. And here's what money is. Money is essentially neutral. There's nothing bad about money. But it's, it's a tool. But money can be used to change the world or make it a better place. Or it can grab the hold of your heart and the hearts of people and make us do some crazy things. 
wars have been fought over money. Innocent people have died. Cruelty has been dished out to entire groups of people, entire generations, entire countries over money. And so uh, with this, I don't know, how many of you guys uh, uh, like the movie The Lord of the Rings? Anybody enjoy that? Am I the only? Okay, so there's a few nerds in the room. Fantastic. Appreciate it. I especially appreciate you calling out with the woohoo. It's the hardcore nerds. But in the movie The Lord of the Rings, if you're unfamiliar with the story, I, I read the, book when I was a, the books when I was a kid and then the movies came out and I was in heaven. I remember when the movies came out, uh, they, they were coming out every December, right? And so you had to wait a year for the movies to come out. I remember praying, dear Lord Jesus, don't come back this year. The Lord of the Rings 2 comes out this December. Could you just wait? And then when that one came, dear Lord Jesus, please don't, uh, just over and over again. And now, now it's all Lord the Avengers. They're doing this whole series. I just need you to stay. No. <laughs> Let us live. That's honest. But anyway, so the movie, The Lord of the Rings, is, is, uh, is really about this ring of power. And we watch as the ring of power, is, it's supposed to be destroyed, but that, that's not the point that I want to I bring out. It's, it's important as you watch this movie or you read the books, you, you begin to see what this ring of power begins to do to people. And how this, this most important thing begins to corrupt their hearts. And they begin to, to spill out treacheries towards each other. It even begins with, a, with uh, there's a, a, the story and, and where it picks up is, is with this character, Gollum. His name used to be Smeagol. He, his brother, his very brother, finds the ring and he sees it. And he's like, oh, I want it. I has to have it. Give it to me. It's my birthday. And his brother won't give it to him. So he, so he kills him. The ring has already begun to corrupt his heart, and then he has it for years and years and years. It begins to disfigure him. It begins to transform his life, the way that he lives, and his name even changes to Gollum, and he becomes this disgusting creature that we know because the ring of power has so contorted his heart, and he, he even carries it around. He has conversations with it. He talks about it. And he uses it to, for his ill gain. He uses it to, to, to kill and to eat and, because it makes him invisible, makes him impervious to the world. And he even holds it and he goes, my precious. It's got this really, I didn't even do it justice, did I, Amy? I really didn't. And I'm not going to make the noise he makes. But, but the point is, as we watch the ring as it falls into the hands of man, begin to twist everybody, even, even the little hobbit's heart who had incredible resilience to it, it begins to, begins to become divisive for him. It begins to destroy his relationships. And I, and I think that's, that's what money does to us when we, when we get it. It has the ability to, to twist our hearts. Maybe you've experienced something like this. Like, like maybe you've seen this happen or maybe you've been the one. So you don't have to identify yourself, but somebody wealthy in your family dies or maybe just somebody in your family dies and, and all of a sudden you start thinking about what you get. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you find yourself, you've got post-it notes in your hand, and you're walking through their house, slapping stuff, post-it notes, saying, mine, 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 my precious. You, know, you just really, you're, you're, and, and then you begin to fight with your sibs, and you begin to fight with whoever's remaining over what is, what is left. I've seen families get torn apart when that happens. I've even seen situations where somebody's not even dead yet. I'm not dead yet, but you're going to die. We're coming through, and we're... <laughs> you can start claiming what you want. Turns us, it twists us. My kids are like this. 
Uh, anybody, anybody, anybody's kids play Minecraft, or do you as an adult play Minecraft with your kids? I, I love to play Minecraft with my kids, but you wouldn't believe what it does to them as they play it, right? So the deal is, you're in this world, and you have to create everything that you need. It's this virtual world, and uh, you can all join each other and play, and, and, and it's really, really great. Um, but, they, you know, they dig down into the ground, and they find precious things. They find diamond, they find gold, and the more, the, those things are really rare, and when you find them, you can create very powerful things, but but when you're playing with them and they find diamond, oh, that is like, that is it. And you find this diamond because you can't mine it with just a regular, well, anyway, sorry, too many details. When they find the diamond, they get really excited. They create a treasure chest and they put it in the treasure chest and then they build caverns and they figure out how to hide them from each other because, my precious, it's just a virtual world for crying out loud. There's actually no value to it, but it, you can even see how in this virtual world it begins to twist their hearts. There have been more fights, more tears shed, more, well, not bloodshed yet, but I'm sure that it's coming someday. That's why we keep all sharp objects and blunt objects away from the kids, right? You on this couch, you on that couch, you can go to your room. And you guys still play with each other so nobody hurts each other. But, like, they're really fighting over the diamonds in this virtual world. Why? Because that's what it does to us. It twists us and it bends us. And they yell and they bicker. And so, you know, they're, they're just like, oh, my precious. So... I think we all wrestle with this at some point in time, whether you're willing to be honest about it or not. We all wrestle with this. This is a constant wrestle for me to, to guard my heart and not allow it to take control, not allow it to control me. So if you're currently wrestling with it, let me, let me give you some identifiers. How many of you are losing sleep over it? Are you stressed out about money? Have you lost relationships over money? Do you feel like you can never have enough money? Or maybe... Have you ever gone against your own values to get more money? Maybe it's something at work or maybe something you did. Maybe you stole some money or maybe you were dishonest on a commission report and got a little more money or you put an extra 10 miles on your trip report. Like, I don't know. Have we ever done that to get more money? Have we been dishonest about it? We sit there and we look at money. My precious. We just have to have it. But here's what's incredible about money. Money is one of these things that's a great revealer of our hearts. All money does is just expose what's already there. Because remember, the money itself isn't evil. It's what it reveals in our hearts when we get it. And this life is all about the battle for our hearts. So money is one of those greatest contenders for our hearts. And the problem comes in when we haven't submitted our money to God. When money takes the driver's seat in our lives, it will take you some places that are not healthy for you. That as a father would look at you and go, you you don't want to do that. You, you don't want to go there. And it's the love of money. When money becomes your God, that it's an issue. It's not about the money. It's about what it reveals in you. And so money reveals what's already in your heart. You become more of what you already were. If you were selfish, when you get money, you remain selfish. If you were generous, when you get money, you remain ge- generous. If you were kind, you continue to be kind. Or more so, if you were arrogant, buddy, become even more arrogant the more money that you get. Because money makes you more of what you already are. If you're a jerk and you get some money, some of you guys know somebody like this. They were a jerk and then they've come into money. They become a bigger jerk. Why? Because they feel like they can say anything and do anything they want to. They begin to look down on you. They begin to disrespect you. They begin to feel like they are elevated higher than you are. They become a bigger jerk. But if they're generous, if you're always helping people, if you're always giving then when you get more money, that's what you'll do. When I was in Panama, we, we met several people, and I've told the story of Ariel, but uh, there was a little boy named Arturo who was the pastor's son, and I had these peanut butter bars, and I, I was eating one, and I offered it to him, and, 
He was very generous already, and this was something that he wouldn't get in Panama. And he grabbed it, and he immediately ran to his parents, and he shared it with them first. He was already generous. This was a, a belonging, something. It was, it was worth something to him, and he shared it with his family. He was already generous. And money is a great revealer to our hearts. And I know that we, we try to teach our kids, right? We, we, when we think about this, we are, all right, well, our kids, are, we, we want to make sure that they get this right. So we teach them, we, you need to share. But the, but the question is, do, do we share on a regular basis? Do we share what we have with other people? Are we really generous with what we have? And when is the last time you gave something away? Or when is the last time you gave sacrificially of yourself, that you went without something so that somebody else could have it? When is the last time we do that? Money not only makes us more of what we already are, but money is also a spiritual thermometer. It's a spiritual thermometer. I would say that that money is one of the, the last areas, areas that followers of Jesus truly trust God with. It's the last area that we trust God with. It's, it's, we trust him with our souls for eternity, but not with our monies. Like, honestly, let, say that out loud. Jesus, I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my soul. I trust you with my eternity. I trust you with my life, but not my money. How silly does that sound? Because Jesus has to be Lord of all or he's not Lord at all in our lives. It's truth. Hashtag. Put it on there. But I have to be honest that when we think about Jesus being Lord over our money, it makes us uncomfortable, right? Because we don't like to be told what to do with our money. That's why we don't like taxes, for crying out loud. Who, wants to, who enjoys paying taxes? Good. You guys can all stay. If you raised your hand, I was going to tell you to get out. Oh, I'm just kidding. But, but we're told to do it. It's something we resent doing. We don't like being told what to do with our money. And money, being the revealer that it is, I think it reveals our selfishness. It reveals that selfishness that we have deep down inside. Like how many of you guys, you, you ever walk, walk downtown and as you're walking downtown, you see somebody that's going to be panhandling, right? That you, you can look at them, you can identify them in the crowd, and you know that if you get close enough to them, they're going to say, excuse me, sir. What does that do to you? The moment that you spot them walking down the road. <clears throat> You clench, put your hand on your wallet, you start thinking through your excuse and what you're going to say and why you're not going to give them money and why they don't deserve it. Like it reveals that selfishness in our heart the moment that we see them. It grabs a hold of us. I had that opportunity this past week and I've decided that anytime I see people, we have to decide what to do. We have to guard our hearts and this is one of the ways I guard my heart is when I see people doing that, I decide if I've got money, I'm going to give it to them. I don't care what their situation is. I don't care how they got there. I don't care if they're going to go buy booze with it. I don't care because, you know what, it opens the door for me to do this. Hi, my name's Aaron. What's your name? They tell me their name. What, so what's going on? Tell me the situation. They tell me their situation. You know, I believe in the power of prayer. Is there anything I can pray with you about today? Can I, can I pray with you? Do you know Jesus? I pray with them. I did it this week. Met this guy named, his name was Shorty Ice. I said, what's your, Shorty Ice was his name. He jumped up and let me pray with him. He was, he was so drunk. But I took an opportunity to, to, to be a blessing. We have to decide, how are we going to guard our hearts? Because that stuff just, it just raises up inside of us. And we're like, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give to that. And then if we do give, if we do give, if selfishness doesn't get us on the front end to keep us from giving, it always gets us on the back end, right? It makes us grieve that we gave it away. We're like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Now I don't have any money for lunch. Look at me from the side. Do I look like I could skip a lunch to you? <laughs> Appreciate your honesty. 
I didn't realize how bad that was going to hurt. I'm not going to ask that again. <laughs> but but grief, it, gets, it gets you on the back end, right? And my wife and I, we, we, we have to guard our hearts, and we're not perfect at this. So when I tell you, tell you all these things, know that I struggle with this too. I'm not preaching at you because you've done something wrong. I'm trying to challenge you. When these opportunities present themselves and you feel that, oh, that gut check inside, something has a grip on you that you probably don't want to have a grip on you. You, you probably don't want that. There's been, been a couple times in my life when I've given vehicles away. and People say, why didn't you take that and use it as a down payment on your car, and your new car? You know why? Because I wanted to be generous. But there's that temptation to grieve and go, man, I could have had a $1,000 down payment. You know what I'm saying? Now, this last vehicle I had, this van, I didn't want to give it to anybody. I was kind of ashamed. It had so many issues with it. I was just like, you can take it. You can take it. I was surprised they gave me any money for it at all. But, but we grieve over that. Our, our selfishness is revealed inside of us. Why? The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the question is, do we find our treasure in Jesus or do we find it in money? Because if our, if our treasure is wealth, if it's gain here on this earth, then that is what we are going to follow. That is what we are going to pursue. Where, you, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, show me your treasure and I'll show you what is first in your life. So what does money reveal about you? Because does God really need our money? No. No, he doesn't, he doesn't need your money, but he does want our hearts. He wants to know that he's first. That's all he's ever wanted. And money is the number one contender for him. He wants to be first place in your heart, just like a loving heavenly father. He just wants what's best for his kids. There's a, a lot, I don't know, I want to say a year and a half ago, uh, we had a friend of ours that, that needed a, a phone. Some, something had happened to their phone, and, and uh, they were looking for an iPhone. And, the, and the, the description that they gave was something that we had, and, and my son had it. Uh, Trent, and I say, I say my kid's name because I'm proud of him. When, he, when they do something bad, I don't tell you guys their names. But, but Trent, he did something really great. And as a father, I wanted to test his heart. See, I knew I could have bought this person a phone. Like, I could have spent the money. I could have done it myself, but I knew he had one. And I said, hey, bud. I said, would you mind giving that? He was just using it for like an iPod. He, it wasn't actually connected to cellular data. I said, would you mind giving that to this person? This is somebody we really love and, and care about. Would you mind giving that to him? He took a moment. He said, sure. I know they need it. He gave it. I was so proud of him. I didn't need him to do that. I wanted to test his heart. I wanted to make sure that that thing that was in his hand didn't have his heart. Because the moment you realize it, it's got to go. It's got to go. And he, and he blessed that person with it, didn't bat an eye. And he was like, man, you know, I didn't think about that, Dad. I, 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 he, he grieved on the back end. He said, I could have used that for school. And I said, you know what, buddy, come with me. We went to the store, and I bought him a brand-new iPad mini. He didn't know he was getting that. I didn't tell him that up front. I blessed him because what he had didn't have his heart. It, it didn't have his heart. Did I really need him to give it? Nope. But, but I wanted to see if he would. And I think that's what God does with us. I think that he, he's constantly testing us. He's allowing money to test us, to test and see if we'll be willing to give I have a stash of cash at home, and God tests me all the time. I have a stash of cash. I get money that has nothing to do with, with, with our budgeted money. Like if, I, if, I, if I do a marriage ceremony or do some magic or whatever, and that cash sits in my, in, in my room. I'm not telling you where, just in case you're ever in my house. Um, but, 
But I keep, I keep it in my bedroom, and, it, and, it, and one day I had this, this cash, and we were headed out to a worship night, and I felt God say, go get it, get all that money, and give it away. And I'm like, oh, come on. It's, it's down to my last, like, that's, I don't want to do that. I, I, don't want, I don't want to do that. But oftentimes I do. When God puts his hand on my heart and says, give it, I, I give. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I went to that worship night, and I got there, and I, I, I kind of forgot about it, and then God put somebody in front of me that I was supposed to bless, that I was supposed to bless, and I walked away with my head down like, that's who it was supposed to be for. And so I went home, and I got that money out, and luckily I was going to see them on the Sunday, and so I went to them on the Sunday, and I repented to them, and I said, I was supposed to have this for you Friday night. I apologize, but I didn't want to give. It's my last, and I didn't want to give it. And I, and I gave it to him. And I said, this was for you. God's testing our heart. Did he need my money? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But he wants to have our hearts. And so know that, that God is constantly going to push in our lives and see, like a good father should, do I have your heart? Do I have your full attention? It's a test of our hearts. And money reveals your heart. It tests our heart. It asks who or what is your master? And I ask that because the love of money can take our eyes off of Jesus. Mammon says, if you had more money, people would listen to you. If you had more money, it would solve your problems. If you had more money, you'd be happier. If you had more money, your marriage would be better. If you had more money, your life would be better. But Jesus, when we look at him as followers of Christ, we never saw him tell anybody that if you had money or more of it, that your life would be better. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is enough in and of himself. And the enemy likes to lure us with the love of money to take the place of God. And the spirit of mammon manifests itself in two ways, through poverty and through pride. A poverty mentality says when God has blessed you with something, that you, you kind of hide it. You go, oh, well, you know, like, like our house, for example. People come over to our house. I always feel bad because of our house. We have more space than we really need. And I always feel bad about that. But God has blessed us my wife and I, we give and we follow biblical principles and God has blessed us as a result of that. Why in the world would I be ashamed of something that God has given me, that he has blessed me with? But that's what the spirit of mammon does. It tries to get us with poverty or it gets us with pride where we become arrogant. We exalt ourselves uh, above God and we get to a place where we, we don't need him. I want to I quickly close. I, I know I've been talking for a while. I appreciate you enduring my silly stories and... and all that, that, you know, is in my heart this morning, but God cares about your heart. And money will always fight, but God doesn't care, and I want to say this, and I want you to take this home. God does not care if we have stuff. He cares if the stuff has us. That, that, that's what he cares about. And money is one of those untouchable areas in our lives. It's the one we don't want to let God into. But it's not about the money. It's about your heart. And this whole series that we're going to talk about in the next couple weeks, it's not about money. If you hear me tell you money is a bad thing, don't, <laughs> it's not true. I, that's not what I believe. But I want, you to, I want you to be willing to humble yourself and say, Lord, does this have my heart? Does this have me or do you have all of me? Be willing to pray those prayers. Be willing that if he reveals any of these things, if he, if he, if he reveals pride, if he reveals jealousy, anger, or resentment, or selfishness in your heart, through this series, that you would be willing to repent and say, Lord, help me. Help me with this. Confess those things to it. Place Jesus first in your life. Like Jesus said, 
You cannot serve God and mammon. It just doesn't work. Let's pray. Right now, if, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Aaron, I've, I've never thought about God as a loving father and how much he loves me. He loves me enough to talk to me about things that are dangerous for me, things that are trying to ruin my life. Maybe you've never had a father before, but hearing this, you're drawn to that. You want that. You need that heavenly father in your life. If that's you and you'd say, Aaron, I want to make a commitment. I want to follow after Jesus. And I want to say, this is my first time or I've walked away and I need to recommit. If that's you, would you just shoot your hand up and let me know that you're here? Let's pray. Lord, I just, I just lift up this congregation to you, God, and I ask that, Lord, we can respond in a healthy way. Lord, that, that as money reveals in our hearts what's actually going on there, Lord, that we'd be willing to confess to you, that you would forgive us, Lord. You, you said if we were willing to confess, you would be faithful to forgive. That's a beautiful thing. We just get to turn around and go another way. It's your grace that provides it for us. So, Lord, I pray that we, would, we could do that that we would be willing to give it all to you. Jesus, be Lord of our lives. Be Lord of all. Not just, not just our relationships. Not just our parenting, not just our jobs, but of our, of our finances too. Help us on a regular basis keep you Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just want to offer a quick opportunity for you.